Hello and welcome everyone to OnChain Reaction. I'm your host James Bennett and today we're going to be diving into what's happening on Bitcoin on and off the chain uh, as well as a bit of DeFi. Okay so let's jump right into it. Uh, it's been one hell of a week uh, to put it bluntly. Bitcoin has tumbled uh, down from a high of around $64,000 just a few weeks ago today trading at $38,000. Um, and really it's been a, a sequence of events that has led to uh, this a sharp correction in uh, Bitcoin's price. So here I'm just going to walk you through some of the key events that we've seen happen. 27th of April was when Tesla started to uh, mention that they were selling some of their uh, Bitcoin holding, 10% uh, of it, to test liquidity. Uh, by the 5th of May, uh, we saw that Bitcoin funds, that's the amount of Bitcoin held in all the different investment funds uh, across Europe and the US, had peaked and started to sell over 7,000 Bitcoins. Now, it was at 13th of May, sorry, 11th of May, where we had the big uh, first drop, which was partly attributable to miners starting to sell a lot of inventory uh, into a weak market. By the 13th of May, Musk, uh, Elon Musk came out and said that uh, Bitcoin used too much energy, an insane amount, uh, and we expect that at that point they would have sold the uh, Tesla Bitcoin, but we'll see that when they uh, produce their Q2 reports. The other thing that happened was that uh, Binance is under investigation uh, from the US for its Cayman activities. Um, supposedly, you know, US investors are hiding tax taxes related to crypto offshore. Uh, by the 18th of May, we'd now tumbled into the $40,000 range um, and, uh, and the uh, Office for the Comptroller of Currency that did some fantastic work last year under, um, under uh, Brian Brooks uh, came back and said, right, we're gonna review the existing guidance uh, for those three landmark regulations that were passed uh, towards the end of last year which isn't great news, although it's probably just words at this point. It didn't help the fact that Brian Brooks did leave the OCC and went straight to Binance in the US. Um, so you know it does raise an eye or two. Um, we think he has the best intentions and is really trying to push this industry uh, forward in the way that it, it should be um, done. Uh, what else happened on the 18th of May? Well, China back in the mix again, banning financial uh, and payment uh, institutions from uh, using crypto um, and uh, and then also this tax announcement from the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, who said that transfers over $10,000 in crypto value uh, should be disclosed to the IRS. A few days later um, we then had uh, China come back on the scene again and announce a ban on Bitcoin mining. They've really gone anti-crypto this time probably for the sixth or seventh time uh, this has been reported over the last few years, but this time apparently is different and it's for real. Anyway, look, fundamentally, uh, Bitcoin remains the same network that it has always been, if not just stronger uh, from going through this sort of insane volatility. Um, but, you know, the outlook is, is very much still positive and, um, you know, Bitcoin isn't going anywhere. Okay, so I'm going to whiz through a few of those points um, on that timeline in a little bit more detail. I'm going to start with funds. So here you're looking in orange at the total number of Bitcoin held by funds. And you can see it peaked around the 5th of May. 
shortly before uh, the price started to tumble. We had the, the longest or highest amount of outflows um, from in BTC terms from the 5th of May until now. You can see that downward slope in the top right of the chart uh, and price responded. Um, looking at closed end funds, now these are the types of funds that can't actually release Bitcoin from their uh, investment vehicles, um, but they can trade at a discount to their net asset value, which means at a 20% discount, as we can see with Grayscale today, investors holding the GBTC um, product are saying actually it's worth 80% of a Bitcoin, partly because of its illiquidity. Uh, and you can see in the table underneath, there are three main sort of big vehicles that remain as the closed investment funds, uh, closed invest ended funds, sorry. Um, and those are 3IQ, Grayscale and Osprey, um, all of which have not seen any inflows this month, the first time uh, since we've been taking the history. This is all available, by the way, on Bytree Asset Management under our data. Okay, next one, slightly controversial. Bitcoin has been dubbed as digital gold many times, and I just wanted to raise uh, your attention to uh, the volatility, a 30-day annualized volatility, comparing Bitcoin in blue and the physical gold, the commodity gold, the gold shiny metal uh, in orange there. And look, the, the picture is the macro um, scene is, is slightly... Um, chaotic, let's say, very high uh, expectations of inflation. Uh, we've seen, you know, the, the potentially the Fed may respond um, to that with inflation targeted now, sorry, inflation running now at about four and a half percent in the US, um, quite a, a lot above that sort of loose um, boundary of two percent that, that the FOMC targeted uh, earlier this year. Um, and so what's happening? Well, investors are going moving towards gold at the moment. Um, and, and gold has seen a three month high uh, and volatility is falling, but they're moving away from those sort of racy tech stocks. Uh, NASDAQ is down, I think about 20, 30% last time of checking. Um, and you know, from, its, from a high earlier in, in January, and we're seeing, of course, Bitcoin is also suffering a similar fate. Okay, so a couple of on-chain uh, charts here. We're looking now at uh, the block times for Bitcoin. Um, now, why this is significant is because, as I mentioned, China have uh, supposedly banned Bitcoin mining, which is a huge part of the uh, hash power that's been contributing to the Bitcoin network. And with that going offline, the amount of uh, work being done on the network has dropped significantly, leading to an increase in block times. So we're about seven days out at the moment from the next uh, difficulty adjustment. And you can see here in red what the last seven days uh, has done um, to the, or I should say three or four days has done to, to the block times. When we're in the red, it means we are going slower, less blocks than would normally be issued uh, on the network. And when we're going in the green, it means we're running faster. Um, there was that sort of spike in late April uh, that was attributable to the uh, out, uh, power outage in China. And you can see again a similar pattern in now in May. Um, so look, the Bitcoin network adjusts every 2010 blocks, um, the, the difficulty level. So this is not a long term problem, but I think it will mean that fees are going to rise again in the short run. Uh, and we'll probably not see that difficulty currently pegged for Sunday but probably won't see it until quite a few days after, but we'll be looking out for that carefully. 
Okay, miners, uh, I mentioned, had been selling hard into a weak market, an already weak market. And you can see here in blue, total miner inventories. Um, and, uh, and you can see that trend down in the right third of the, the chart here uh, has really been uh, following price. So that's to suggest that really miner selling has exacerbated a weak uh, market and, and, and exaggerated the fall in price. And there's a very strong visual correlation that you can see there. Inventories incidentally are now at an all time low level. We've never seen uh, so few Bitcoin sitting in minor inventories. Right, this wouldn't uh, be a uh, full market roundup unless we touched on decentralized finance. And uh, it's been a really interesting journey for DeFi uh, over the last sort of six months or so. Um, and now, you know, with uh, we, I think we, we had about 20 plus billion uh, loans outstanding. Um, you know, and now we're starting to see how those loans are dealing with uh, much higher volatility in the market. Uh, which is a really important test for this uh, future of finance um, service that, that these protocols are, are providing. Uh, so what we've seen is uh, relatively positive. I mean, as you would expect, a huge amount of tightening in the market uh, with $4.4 billion of loans repaid in seven days. You can see uh, on that chart on the left, the first big blue spike down um, about five from the right. That's the 19th of May. Uh, when we saw the, the initial sort of big sell-off in the markets. And then again, uh, yesterday, you can see um, was another big day of uh, tightening with loans being repaid. Currently, uh, Compound leads uh, in that table on the right-hand side um, in terms of total loans outstanding, about $4 billion, closely followed by Aave, and then MakerDAO is there as well. Um, but you know, with the three of them, they are continuing to uh, serve the crypto ecosystem as banks, even during this volatile time. Okay, the last chart here is just to have a little bit of a look at the distribution of those loans um, across the different coins and tokens, I should say, that are available through the protocols. Uh, I've highlighted Compound here as the biggest market, and uh, you can really see uh, the yellow there is DAI and the blue is USDC. So these are dollar denominated stable coins, DAI being decentralized, USDC being centralized. Um, and that has been the sort of main, um, the main, they have been the main two assets that uh, borrowers have been repaying uh, during this time of volatility. Anyway, I hope that your last couple of weeks or week haven't been too bad. Uh, and remember that this industry is very much still alive and we are continuing to build and move forward. So keep your chin up and have a great week. We'll see you next time.